Hello and welcome to Deja Vu, the Ithacan's weekly review podcast. I'm your host, Jake Leary, and I'm here today with... Uh, Tyler Abrupt. No, you needed to leave like a longer pause. I, See, that's that's um, what I was trying to go yeah, for there. And I, I don't think it worked because this is audio only and they can't see my dumb face while I say my line. Speaking of which, Jake, I'm really impressed that you got the Hawkeye mohawk look. Oh, yeah. Well, I, just I mean, for the Endgame episode. It's my favorite good. character, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I had to cosplay as him. I actually, I have a bow and arrow here too. I, I can't use it very well. That's kind of where my ability stopped, but I put in some effort. That's nice. I got a, a Captain America set of buns myself. Okay, okay. That doesn't sound safe for eating <laughs> or, um, you know, just general cleanliness. In case you can't tell, we're talking about Avengers Endgame, the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this Ooh. is also <laughs> the end of me on this show. There are going to be spoilers in this. Uh, so right. I can say, I'm going to go out like Captain America and you'll find me in future episodes, sad and old, sitting on a bench as I pass the torch to somebody else. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to turn to dust. Oh, we're going to go back in time. We're mm-hmm. going to go back, back in time. Speaking of going back in time. Wow. Segway. Let's. No, this is your show. I, I feel bad. I mean, listen, man, you have power here. You could do whatever you want. Again, we're going to spoil everything in this movie. This is Avengers. You probably know what it is because everybody does, and the theaters are still sold out. Um, I am going to be the positive one on this episode, or at least positive relative to you. I didn't like it. I'm not surprised. But I hardly like anything, so this isn't very new. The crap people give me for being extraordinarily negative on this show is, again... Tempered by you, who can do the things I do, but more and better. I liked Pet Cemetery, and we never got to record an episode about it. No, we didn't. Uh, our, the place we record shut itself down the second it saw us coming. Plot twist. This is the Pet Cemetery episode. Strap in. I would be okay with that. Sometimes dead is better, Jake. Wow, actually, that's relevant for this. You like how we're not talking about anything yeah. <laughs> about this movie so far? Maybe it's because Avengers Endgame is a movie about nothing. Well, because it's barely a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a collection of moments that people who like these things will see and go, oh, wow, that's really cool. It's watching it is like watching the world's most uncreative people play around in a giant sandbox for three hours. (laughs) Jeez. That is very harsh, but also somewhat true. And like the prerequisite that's going to go into this is me having watched all of these movies, liking probably two of them but also having a lot of stuff in this movie work on me just because I've spent so much time watching all of these because they are all very long and they come out a lot. So when big moments happen that are fairly dumb or predictable, I still got excited watching them because, hey, look, all of my friends are back. And I'm I nodding got emphatically for the viewers at home. I'm nodding emphatically. To be fair, I really love the first hour of the movie Um, because it picks up after after Avengers the infinite Avengers movie Um, and right off the bat everything's dark and gloomy and miserable and I think it speaks a lot to my own like what I go for in these kinds of movies that the dour gloomy stuff at the beginning where nobody's punching each other and everyone's just sad and everyone's like my whole family's dead um, that's the stuff that I dug. And there's so many, like, character interactions, and people actually have conversations about things. And, like, it's about grief. And you see everybody kind of trying to come to terms with that everyone they know and love is dead. Um, 
especially these goofy superheroes who like don't have any friends or family outside of the people and you actually see that in a very literal way and it's really miserable and you know i related a lot to black widow just moping around and eating a a peanut butter sandwich on white bread in a dark office as she sadly tries to put meaning back into her life Mm -hmm. which she gets for about five seconds before she throws herself off of a cliff later in the movie. We'll have to get to that eventually. We we will. The moment where they kill off the only other, you know, woman on the original Avengers and also right. try to make you care about Black Widow, which doesn't really work because you don't care about get her ready, or Sam. Hawkeye. You're uh, up at bat. Put on a wig. <laughs> I... So this is something I'm curious about because yes. I know you watch a lot of movies. Uh-huh. I don't know how many of these Marvel movies you've seen, though. I've seen all of them except Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I've seen most of them in theaters. And with a few exceptions, I like all of them. Um, I'm really not too keen on Iron Man 2 or Thor 2. or uh, I think Captain Marvel is a fine movie. And I really don't like Infinity War Um, because that's a movie that's basically just one long fight scene, except there's very little that's clever or innovative about it. And, you know, seeing superpowered people punch each other gets old real quick. Um, And so, like, that's what I thought was really refreshing about about Endgame. But I also did have the sort of context that I needed to understand all the references. Do you think this thing works without that knowledge? Because I was sitting there and I've, I'm in a similar place. Like there are a few gaps. I haven't seen Thor two. Cause God knows I would never have assumed that Thor two would come back and matter. Right. <laughs> and it does for a long period of time. I was w- baffled by what would happen to somebody who hadn't seen one of these movies. Like what happens if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and the end of that movie is 15 minutes in this one. I don't know. If I went into this theater not having seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man showed up, I'd be like, oh, no. What have I gotten into? Who is he? Who's this Who's this lady in the suit with the wings? Or who is this small, small man? <laughs> Why is Paul Rudd tiny? <laughs> <laughs> the important questions. Um, and that's where this thing gets kind of weird because it is the end of a series. It's the end of Avengers. I mean, they'll make more of these, but it's the end of this first section of Avengers movies, of which there are kind of three. But it's also the end of every single one of these movies, and that comes back in a big, bad way where so many stories, big and small, get resolved or wrapped up. And it's overwhelming. Like, this is a three-hour movie, and it's exhausting because you have to keep track of 22 movies before it or however many it is, 21, I think. Yeah. And it develops like a Return of the King syndrome at the end where it just keeps ending. Oh, it, well, it keeps ending after a very long battle. Yes. Um, I There's so much that I do want to talk about, but I think all of it comes down to, well, this was kind of boring, wasn't it? Except for the mm-hmm. beginning, which I like for the same reasons you did. But the further along we get, I think the more tired I was and the more some of these jokes wear thin, which is kind of something that happens. Like, God knows I didn't want another second of Fat Thor. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I feel like a lot of people really enjoyed the Fat Thor jokes because it felt more sort of like Taika Waititi's influence looming large over the franchise. Um, 
especially because they brought his character back and the guy with the knives for hands and um, Tessa Thompson. Um, but there's not that sort of like friendly atmosphere that was there in Thor Ragnarok and there's not the quality of jokes that were in that movie. Um, the film's written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeeney, I think. That might be switched. It might be Christopher McFeeney and Stephen Marcus. But so they wrote all of the Captain America movies, Infinity War, and, wait for it, Thor The Dark World. So that should tell you a lot about why that factors in so heavily to this. Also that it's like the only one that's, you know, that has the ether in it, the... the the whichever power stone no, that not is. power jesus it's uh, the red one yeah it's the red goo mm-hmm. which again i i didn't realize that's what that thing was until right. we were in that movie because the other thing that this movie does and it, this is a trope that i'm admittedly a sucker for if i like the thing it's a part of it's the we have fancy technology we're gonna go back in time and just go back to other movies so they just spend time in avengers which also becomes winter soldier halfway through they spend time in thor 2 that was really bizarre because like that's the moment, I think, when they got back to New York um, in 2012 when I stopped being so invested in it. Because um, up to that point, I was so involved in the movie, and I was like, this is great. Like, honestly, the first hour of Avengers Endgame is some of the best stuff the MCU has ever had. Um, and then we get to we get to New York City, um, and there's no geography there like there was in the Avengers movie. You can feel that it's all like on sets in this massive studio, and it's like, oh my god! There's no like sense of spacing to anything. People are just running around. They retcon in that the Doctor Strange folk are magicking right. about, which is a double-bladed sword because on the one hand, it's really silly, and it's like, okay, we didn't see this in the Avengers, and we're just supposed to assume that this was happening. But also, Tilda Swinton's back, and I will, I will go to hell and back if it means seeing Tilda Swinton in another MCU movie. Um, She doesn't even have to be the ancient one. Make her the raccoon. She could very easily be anyone because she's Tilda Swinton and that's what she does. (laughs) She could be, she could show up as a, as a full scale rocket raccoon (laughs) and she could say no voice or anything. You know, she'll just be like, I'm a raccoon and I will buy it. A little bit of face paint. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. A tasteful, a little bandit. You know, oh, mask yeah, that, over eyes. Nice. That's nice little black nose. That that is yeah, that is true. It's also weird because this movie for five seconds says it's a heist movie, which got me excited. Time heist. It should have been called Avengers Time Heist. That would have been goofy and fun in a way I could have appreciated. It would have given everything away. <laughs> I mean it would have but that's the weird thing about this movie. Nothing in it surprised me. But also I agree, but also going into the theater, I would have been so pissed if anybody can I say pissed on your podcast. Jake? I think that's okay. Oh, good. I would hate for anybody to edit this out. Um, <laughs> I would be so upset if anybody spoiled anything for me, um, because I already went in knowing that knowing who becomes the new who, you know, who assumes which mantles, um, and knowing that nobody gives a shit. Oh, and knowing that. And knowing that nobody, let me do that again. And knowing that nobody cares about Stellan Skarsgård, 
Do you remember Stellan Skarsgård in these movies? I Jake? do. So I thought I had something spoiled for me or told to me in a very roundabout way that put things in the context of Mamma Mia and said a Mamma Mia actor was back, and I assumed it was Stellan Skarsgård, and it was not. It's Meryl Streep. <laughs> She's back, baby. As Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, I'm miffed because Stellan Skarsgård is a wonderful actor, and Jake, nobody else could you invite on this podcast who would spend a minute ranting about Stellan Skarsgård in the Avengers movies. That is true. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, who Stellan Skarsgård is or why he's so important to the series, he's Dr. Eric Selvig, the old man who in Thor 2 runs around naked at the Stonehenge. Um, and he's shown on a computer screen as having been snapped and then we see everybody come back to life for the big battle at the end, but there's no Dr. Selvig running around naked. Even Natalie Portman is in this movie. Yeah. And no Stellan Skarsgård. That is really sad, now that I think of it. Also, I don't think I would have been able to tolerate looking at another face, though, that I recognized. By the yeah. end of this, I was very tired of looking at people that I recognized. The ending is very Ready Player One-esque, um, in that it's just... It sets up the stakes so well, and then we get to the third act, which it's nicely sort of um, segmented in that the first act is all just everybody's sad, everybody's failed, and we're trying to get we're trying to get back on the bandwagon. We're trying to get the band back together. And then the second act is is the time travel shenanigans, and then the third act is this big CGI battle on a field where it's like yes. every army gets together and then everybody fights. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a redo of Infinity War because we got that, but with more people and less personality. And I'm not a fan of that either, but this is an end battle that takes place in a big brown garbage dump area right. uh, post the destruction of the Avengers' little home base. And it's a lot of CGI people running around. And there are pockets of it that I think are real neat and that capitalize on things that I enjoy quite a bit. I like seeing Captain Hammer. Captain Hammer. Nope. Captain America lifting that hammer. Mm -hmm. Give him Molnir. I'm cool with that. Like, that's paying off some tiny little joke that they did in Ultron and stuff that you know can happen in the comics. But it's also like a 45-minute fight. Yeah. And there are a bunch of MacGuffins that come in and come out. They have mm -hmm. to go to the van at one point to suck them all back through the tiny realm, and then it doesn't work. So they have to go and, you know, get the gauntlet back, and that finally right. works. But it's a lot of these cycles of, we need to get this, and oh, no, it's not working. We need to get that. Oh, no, it's not working. Oh, here's another character, and now we're back in the fight. They play keep away with the Infinity Gauntlet for about 10 minutes, and I was getting serious Scooby-Doo and the Witches ghost flashbacks. <laughs> um I mean, it also happens in the Justice League movie because they're playing. It, it, it doesn't matter. Nobody, nobody's going to talk about Justice League in like a year's time. But people don't really now. <laughs> I digress. I just wanted to bring up Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost again. I'm appreciating the reference pool that you have for this. Yeah, because it would be fairly joyless for me to talk about this movie and the ways I think it's not good if it wasn't for those little things. Mm. Like if you've got another minute on Stellan Skarsgård. That's why we're I here. I think that's it. I think I don't have anything else to say about Stellan Skarsgård, which is unfortunate, um, because he's got such a craggly face. You know, he's like a he's like a cliff of Dover. That man. I I, I don't know if you would enjoy this or not. Have yeah. you seen Mamma Mia Two? Here we go again. I haven't, Jake. Okay. And I 
the sad thing is, I think I might die without having seen it. Well, that is a shame. There is a scene where they put Stellan Skarsgård in a fat suit. <gasps> and you might just want to look at the pictures of that because it's a lot to process. Oh, my God. Um, it confused me quite a bit when I saw that in theaters all four times that I did. Like, okay, hold on. Speaking of fat suits, Thor is fat in this movie. Uh-huh, he's not fat. He's got, he's got a beer gut. Um, and I was going to tie this into Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again somehow. I think because he's on like he's on in a town, the new Asgard place, you know, and it's a seaside town. There's lots of fisher folk in there and there's lots of long docks that are perfectly built for musical numbers. And I thought that somebody was going to break out dancing at any moment. Um, So I hope that when Thor four comes around, it's just a straight up musical and remake of Mamma Mia. That would be something I'd actually be into. Who would we want to cast as his three dads? Uh, oh, we can keep the three dads from the movie. Okay. We can have Pierce Brosnan and Colin Firth and Stellan Skarsgård back in the game. Oh, you're bringing it back in. That's mm-hmm. you bringing it back into the universe. Okay. I feel like we've devised something really good here. Again, it's incredible that this movie came out. Uh, we did like two hours on Avengers Infinity War last year. What? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, two that's, hours. It was almost as long as the movie. It is. It is. And it was cut down to us. Felt 45 minutes uh, oh at the God. cost of my producer at the time, Sanity. And that's not going to happen this time. But it also means that we're going to spend equal time talking about Mamma Mia and Stellan Skarsgård as we are, you know, Tony Stark dying, which we also right. haven't mentioned up until this oh, point. Oh, no. We didn't mention his goofy funeral that he gets. <sighs> Jake. What are your thoughts on seeing the Hulk mourning and squeezed into a a big, dumb black suit? So, Fat Thor, bad. Mm-hmm. Competent Hulk, very good. Oh, no. Because it's exceedingly dumb, and I have this disease where I think dumb things are bad until they get dumb enough that I like them. Right. And, like, the Hulk in a diner eating a mound of breakfast burritos and dabbing for small children Mm -hmm. is the kind of goofy I live for and, like, strive to be as a person. So seeing him in a suit at the end is something that I can get behind. Hmm. That's interesting because somebody just brought Jake out a giant heaping plate of pancakes, and Jake's now dabbing in front of children. So it's weird how, you know, things come back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am the Hulk. I am the Hulk of this podcast. I can talk very reasonably for a little while until somebody says something I don't like, and then I scream at them. And I'm the Stellan Skarsgård. Wow, the crossover we always wanted. <laughs> Did at any point you feel sad? Um, I, I think I felt something <laughs> approaching sadness um, <laughs> oh, no. when Iron Man hugged Peter Parker in the big fight at the end. Um, but everything was loud, and I think my brain might have just been like, having an aneurysm. Um, so I don't know if that was it. Uh, at the beginning, I was getting a little I was getting a little upset. Um, probably not when Hawkeye's family goes away and he whistles for them as he would for dogs. Because um, they have equal importance to him as right. shown in this world. You can't whistle for Linda Cardellini like that. She doesn't need that. She was Velma in the Scooby-Doo series. Oh, 
Oh man, I keep forgetting about that. Again, you bring on these references. They're all Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. <laughs> he was in Green Book too, but I don't think you want me to reference Green Book on this podcast. No. Also, saying Green Book two directly next to each other is going to give me nightmares for oh, a long time. Get ready, Jake. Nope. You know his new film is called. Never mind. <laughs> well, it's called That's Amore, and it's a. I think it's a romance set in a pizza shop. From what little I know of Green Book, that also features a pizza eating scene. Mm -hmm. So it seems like there's some continuity here. There's a trilogy he's making. It's the pizza (laughs) trilogy. It's like the Coronado trilogy, but less good. Right. It's like the the Three Colors trilogy. Avengers is a movie that came out this year. (laughs) You're right. You're not wrong. I I am not wrong in that. Um, It is the last of many movies of its kind, and it will be another cog in the continuing Marvel machine. It will, but also what is going to happen after this? It's you know that's that's quite the the that's the question of the hour, isn't it, Jake? Um thanks Tyler. Because I mean, we're getting another Spider-Man after this, and then we already have sequels lined up for for Black Panther and we have the Black Widow movie, which I have no idea how they're going to do. Or why? What if she's just alive? Oh, that would be very funny. That would be great. She's that good a spy. And everyone just acts like nothing happened. And then in the next movie, everyone's like, oh, remember Black Widow? Too bad she's dead. And she died for the Soul Stone. And we're all like, what? We just saw her. That'd be good. It would be something. Um, Yeah, no, I, I do think it's... I hate using weird, but I use it a lot. It's weird to imagine what these movies are going to be like after this, just because this is so big. Mm-hmm. And the idea of watching Infinity Wars 2 in 10 years, and there are 120 major actors running around on a big brown field punching each other, is not something I can easily imagine. And I also don't know how you would make a compelling story that has all of these additional characters coming in, because that's what we keep building to. Like, this is a constant ramp upward, and now mm. they've hit the top, and I don't know how it's possible to keep going, or how it's going to be interesting, too, because they need to introduce new characters. They're going to run out of actors soon. I feel like they might already. Every working man, woman, and child in Hollywood, and dog, is currently signed on to the MCU, if not now, for ten movies in the future. Well, you either get stuck sucked into the Star Wars black hole, or sucked into the Marvel black hole. Yeah. And both are inescapable, but both brandy for life. Let's see. Who hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet? Daniel I mean, Day-Lewis. Ooh, that's a, oh, wow. That would be incredible. The Paul Thomas Anderson directed, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis starred. <laughs> Hawkeye <Marvel movie>. 3. <laughs> He's just an old man now. Yeah. Old man Hawkeye. Oh, so, Tyler, I think you might have made a joke, but that is a thing that's real. I, I am aware Old Man Hawkeye is a thing. Yeah. Does, isn't he blind in that yes, comic? Yes, he is. He is. Jake, do you read comics? I own comics. I read some comics, but it's too much for me to keep up with, so I just ambiently know enough to be able to talk about them uh-huh. a lot. I see. Oh, yeah. So have you read any that... Um, endgame draws from or is it sort of like an original story i've read the first half of the infinity war stuff when that was Mm -hmm. coming out last year i don't think i got to the second half and the way that articulates is slightly different just because it's thanos trying to you know get death to be his girlfriend more or less and that's oh that's right yeah um 
and there are similarities there, but then Adam Warlock is relevant to it, and a lot of other like Fox-owned characters come into play. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't remember how a lot of it ends. I'm sure this pulls on a lot of different threads and pulls on a lot of things that I'm not personally familiar with. Right. Probably with a dance number set in New Asgard. But who's to say? See, I've thought about what a Marvel musical would be like for a while, and really? it is very appealing. It would be very colorful. Mm-hmm. And I like colors. What's Damien Chazelle doing? Mm. Another space movie? No, 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 no. I mean, well, he could. New Asgard the musical, baby. I, yeah. We've got a script. Call us. Do you want to talk about the story a bit some more? I I mean, we're running out of time, so we've kind of shot ourselves in all ten toes. Um, Surely there's enough stuff I said that can't make it to air that we can cut out to make up for some lost time. I th- that is true. That is true. Was there... Mm, now we already talked about... See, this is now... I'm, I'm going into circular brain mode. Mm-hmm. I like the... So most of the time travel stuff... Um, and this gets into my chief problems with the movie is that I think the script is just completely unwilling to invent new material for characters to do. Um, other than like aesthetic differences like oh now Thor's got a beer gut um, and uh, instead it's just content to recycle the same things that everybody knows the characters say like Hawkeye and Black Widow talk about that time in Budapest or whatever um, there's the whole there's the cheeseburger scene at the end where John Favreau sits down with the with Iron Man's daughter and says oh you like cheeseburgers you know your father liked cheeseburgers. And I buried my head in my popcorn bucket and screamed. Well, because everybody's delivering a line like they know people are watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sad we didn't talk about this outside of my botched intro. Um, because there are several moments in this movie where the characters say the thing the character does. But then pause for just long enough for it to be extremely uncomfortable. Yes. Iron Man does this the worst. Right, especially in the snap scene where his last words are, I am Iron Man, instead of, you know, like, something approaching nuance. Well, because the at the end of the day, this is just big fan service. Mm-hmm. And it becomes that more towards the end. You know, when that battle is happening, it is 100%, hey, you know these people, get excited, watch the character that we just introduced, Captain Marvel beat the crap out of Thanos because we all wanted that. Right. You know, watch these things that you want to happen, happen. But the downside of that is if there's something you really want to happen and have been thinking about for a long time, you A, know it's coming. Actually, no, that is kind of just the A. You know it's coming, and they never do anything else other than show you what you want to see. And there's so much happening that we can't spend any time on one moment. No. Like, even when Captain America grabs Mjolnir, and it's like, it feels like it should be a lot bigger than it is, and instead it feels a little bit fan fiction-y. Um, just because it's not given the time to breathe as a moment. Um, and I feel like that's the problem uh, with the whole last battle scene. And it got to the point where I was really worried that people would actually die. Not because I would never see that character again, but because they would have died in such a sloppy poorly visualized, poorly uh, planned out fight scene where it's like, oh, remember when Hawkeye just got killed in that big, clumsy CGI battle at the end of Endgame? Remember when, like, somebody smacked him into rebar and he got impaled? Jesus. 
So that is true. The downside of that for me, though, is that nobody died and nobody died in an aggressive fashion where buildings yeah. fell on them. And like it's superheroes and you suspend your disbelief. But there is also a point where it gets to be a little much. They were nuked from space by the giant purple man. The building fell on them. Like there's so much that goes uh-huh. on and happens to them that should cause them some harm. And it feels very artificial then when you get to the end and it's, well, Iron Man dies. Black Widow dies. Black Widow dies. For now. Hurling herself out of this franchise. In the most ridiculous scene. The Looney Tunes fight. Oh, my God. I I would have been completely happy with the goofy slow-mo Jeremy Renner running and jumping off into the void. Um, Because he's got a good real estate business that he runs in California. He doesn't need the Avengers movies at all. Um, (laughs) He's got Wind River. He doesn't need to be in this. Um, And then... uh, and then, yeah, they do have the Looney Tunes scrappy fight, and Jeremy Renner straps Black Widow to a giant Ac- Acme rocket and shoots her into the moon. <laughs> and shoots then jumps her into a down. moon, but it's actually just a painting, and she goes uh-huh. through it, keeps yeah. going. He jumps down, but Black Widow cunningly painted a, a little portal that he thought he was going to jump into, and then he just smacks into rock. See, you're again, you're joking, but you're reminding me of something I very much want, which is just this movie to be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I think 95% of my problems with this would be gone if it was a 40-minute episode of a cartoon. It basically is a cartoon already. I mean, it's probably 90% CG. Yeah. I, oh, mm. Are Captain America's glutes CG, though? Oh, America's butt. That's the big question. That is the big question. I enjoyed that joke. I'm very partial to Chris Evans now. Uh-huh. I just watched him in a... 2011 comedy called What's Your Number, where every other male actor ever is in there. Wait, what year did that come out? 2011. Okay, because I remember seeing trailers for this and thinking, like, this looks like it was shot in 2001. It it feels like it, too. And they sat on it until it became lucrative. Yeah, well, because the thing that happens that's weird in that movie is all of the Avengers show up. What? So, so Chris Evans is in there, Anthony Mackie is in there, Chris Pratt is in there, and then all the other like comedy boys from the Parks and Rec school come out too. And it's a very strange thing to watch. It's good. I did another podcast on that on the Passion Project that you can listen to. This oh, is a secret no. cross-promotion that will be edited out, I'm sure. Uh, but it is fun to do that. Are you insinuating, Jake, that the classic 2011 Chris Evans starring romantic comedy, What's Your Number, is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? That is what I'm proposing, yes. Oh, my God. Listen, America's butt follows through. <laughs> that that will be cut out, but I enjoy that as a line and a combination of words I just said out of my mouth. We're running out of time for this show. Is there anything else you want to cram in, in, cram in towards the end? Because I feel like we may have both had some nuanced points, and you got yours out there pretty good. But I'm going to sit on mine in favor of Captain America butt jokes. Hmm. Um... I, I feel kind of bad, actually, just duking on the movie, you know, because I haven't been particularly vehement in my in my uh, dislike for it. Um, and I think it's perfectly fine, actually. I think it's fine as far as movies go. Um, and most of that's due to how good the first hour is. But, you know, the rest of that's due to, like, what you said, how it's mostly fan service and it's mostly, like, just made so that people who have stuck with this for 20-something movies and um, have loved every one of them and, you know, every every moment of their lives is consumed with 
who's gonna die in Endgame? What's gonna happen? Um, that this is made for those people, and that hating it and being vocal about how much I dislike it is tantamount to just being like, your passions are invalid. Um, so, I mean, is it poorly written? Yeah. <laughs> is it poorly directed? Yeah. Um, do the moments work between the characters? Yeah. And um, it has enough... It has enough spark and it has enough wit that I can't, I can't really dislike it. Yeah, and, and I feel similarly. Like we have been dunking on this a lot, but I think a lot of it has also just been riffing and Mamma Mia talk. A lot of this, again, a lot of this works on me. I dislike fan service almost whole cloth in anything, but also seeing Captain America pick up this hammer. That is working for me because I like him. Seeing Tony Stark hug Spider-Man works because I like Peter Parker because he is the funnel that they pour all of the emotion through. Um, even then, that's being more cynical. Like, I came out of this feeling like it did what it wanted to do, which was make me say, huh, we've gone on a wild ride, haven't we, everybody? You've been watching these two characters argue for a whole bunch of time, and they finally came together and resolved it. And now he's gone, but his legacy is going to live on. Or now Tony Stark is gone, and his legacy is going to live on. Now Captain America gets to be happy. And Now Captain America is played by Clint Eastwood. So I'm glad you mentioned that, because I thought that too. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not crazy. And Iron Man got a big, dumb funeral where only his friends from avengers and that kid from Iron Man yep. 3 got to show up. <laughs> and like any work associates he had... Any, like, childhood friends and family, they don't come. It's all just these goofy, dumb superheroes all dressed up in black watching his little dumb wreath sail off onto this little tiny lake. Well, there are only 60 people in the universe. Right. 45 of them are painted blue because that's something these movies do a lot. Uh Uh-huh. It's because they ran out of actors. (laughs) There's nobody left. They're starting to use the ones they've already done but just paint them different colors. Benedict Cumberbatch just shows up as like background extras in every movie now because they ran out of extras. <laughs> oh boy. I feel like we were so close, Tyler. We were almost going to end on like a serious and appropriate note that sent this, you know, 22 movie series off on a respectable time. And then we came back to this. And I think that's my fault. We can always go back in time, Jake. Pim particles, baby. And there are seemingly infinite numbers of them, so we're okay. Yeah. If you time travel for enough. days, Jake. This is the end of the line. Bef- oh, no. Before I give my little monologue, Tyler, where we're can in, people find you? We're what in the end do? game now, Jake. Oh, he said it. He said his line. Um, I'm at Tyler Abrupt on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, probably under the same thing. Um, I write for Film Inquiry. Uh, and um, I, I, I live in Jersey, I guess. I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, you might not want to specify more than that. Uh, check the description to see where I live exactly, exact, where my address yes. is. Exact address, Send credit me card. fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, where can people find you? Oh, he is turns it on me. Is that something I say? I mean, it is now. Jake, I've never gotten to the end of one of your podcasts. I don't <laughs> know what people say at the end. It's okay. Most people haven't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Jake Leary, and this is clearly the last time I'm going to be allowed on this show. Uh, I I joke, that's not true. I'm going to be in another country next semester, and somebody equally, if not more capable, will definitely take this over, or a similar show will most likely exist. 
It's been a fun ride, Tyler. It's been like two years now that I've been doing this. We had a video at one point. People could see my face in the princess dresses that I decided to wear sometimes. And you wore a dog head in one of them, too. I did. I should have worn the dog mask and the princess dress at the same time. I'm not sure what statement I'd be making with that, but I do think it would be something enjoyable to look at because that's all I try to do. Yeah, I, I think, again, I was going to say something possibly sentimental, but now I'm just imagining me in a dog mask and thinking of the wild times we've had, which now the podcast editor should just cut in sad music like over those sad dog commercials and a, a couple of clips of me saying something stupid and embarrassing myself a little bit. Woof. Woof. Thank you for listening.